Hey, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morning, everyone. My name is Ramon Ray, and this is the Smart Hustle Report on Small Business Trends. So glad you all could join us today for another exciting podcast, at least I think it is, with an exciting individual, a young lady who has an amazing company that makes gelato, I believe, but we'll learn about that in a minute. minute. So uh, thank you all for listening. Sit back, and we're going to have another exciting day today where we can really help you get the most out of your business by hearing another uh, amazing hustle story of entrepreneurship. So, Uli, welcome to the uh, Smart Hustle Report on Small Business Trends uh, podcast line. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Ramon. Pleasure to be here. Great, great. And, Uli, do you see yourself as the finance lady or the gelato lady or like the finance gelato lady? I don't know. <laughs> Which one should we call you? Finance? <laughs> Everything. I am uh, a jack of all trades. Love as it. you know, as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to do a little bit of everything. I, up until recently, did all of my bookkeeping and all of the basically financial aspects of the company, as well as recipe creation, flavor combinations, pairings, um, color palette for my first and second shop, furniture selection. I mean, a little bit of everything. So finance plays a big role in what I do. Right, and again, for those who don't know, we'll reference this in a minute, but uh, Uli has a finance background. And uh, Uli, how do you pronounce your last name? Is it Nasiboba? Am I pronouncing correct? Correct. Nas- Perfect. Oh, I got it right. Okay, great. So, Uli, why don't you tell us what, what made you want to start your company? Give us the name of the company, the website, and tell us kind of the journey from you moving to being an investment banker to getting in the dirt with the entrepreneurs and creating your own gelato <laughs> shop. Give us, the, give us the name of the company, sure. the website, and then tell us in short what was that journey, that transition like. Sure. The name of the company is Gelateria Uli. My website is www.gelateriauli.com, and Uli is spelled as U-L-I. Uli is actually my nickname. I have uh-huh. a hard-to-pronounce name, so um, over time, um, my name was shortened to Uli. So I go by Uli. And um, as an ode to my American journey and my name kind of getting Americanized and me finding my American dream, I named my company after myself. I uh, love it. As a lot of people in ice cream business do, actually. You know, a lot of known ice cream and gelato brands out there are actually named after the person who started either the company or made the recipes. Right. Um, I have a very interesting story because – I came to the United States as an international student from okay. Baku, Azerbaijan. It's a small country, it's about 9 million people. Um, at the time, I was very young. I actually started my college studies when I was 15 years old, a little young. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. All I, all I knew that I had this incredible opportunity to go to school in the United States. I um, wanted to make the most of it. I double majored. I was uh, studying French. I have a passion for languages. And then I was studying mathematical economics, because why not? Of course. I mean, that makes sense. Languages, mathematical, economics, and gelato. Perfect. Why not? Everybody should do that. Why not? Why not? And when I graduated from college, I wanted to continue my life in America, because I loved it here. still do. Mm -hmm. So I went into an industry that was, um, um, at the time, it, it, it intrigued me. It was the finance world. I became an investment banking analyst. Uh, it also allowed me to stay in the country via work visa. And uh, for the following eight years, I did anything from investment, middle market investment banking to 
investment management, investment management research. Right before I left uh, my finance career, I was an investment planning analyst at a wonderful Wall Street research firm um, here in Los Angeles. And then I left the finance world behind. Um, concurrently, as I was working in that world, I was realizing, listen, this is fun. I'm learning so much, but this is not what I want to do when I grow up. Mm, and what you know what? That I want to do? It happens. Entrepreneurs <laughs> are doing something that they may love, they may like here or there, but after a while or even all along, it's not their passion. So I hear you on that. Please go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. It was an amazing training ground. Right. You know, everything that I learned there, I'm using today. And um, at the same time, a couple of things were happening. I was living in this amazing neighborhood called downtown Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I was becoming this vibrant um, breeding ground for entrepreneurs. There were a lot of people around same age, same interests as me who were starting businesses, taking risks. And I've always been a risk taker. I right. like taking risks. I strive on change. I need that in my life to be happy. Um, <laughs> and... Um, there was this amazing, vibrant community and no frozen dessert, and right. I happen to love ice cream, gelato, um, anything frozen, and anything dessert-ish. So um, at the time, I figured, listen, I should open a frozen dessert cafe. Um, concurrently, I was experimenting on gelato recipes in my home kitchen. And Interesting. And the impulsive person that I am, I decided to immediately buy commercial kitchen-style equipment, wire up my home kitchen for gelato making. And I was writing a business plan, experimenting on gelato recipes that I was transcribing in Microsoft Excel because, you know, part of it is an exact science. Mm-hmm. And, and you could just tab back and forth between <laughs> financial projections, I guess, and gelato uh, projections. So. <laughs> yes, why not? Go exactly. ahead. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of giving you the short of it, but things were all happening at the same time. There was this wonderful energy going around. It was just this thing that was inspiring me. I was in my element. I ended up being really good at making gelato recipes. I I would have a lot of dinner parties for neighbors, for the community members here in downtown Mm -hmm. L.A., experimenting flavors. I would have anything from bizarre flavors to very traditional Italian flavors to things kind of in between inventive but not too crazy. And it ended up being a good idea. You know, I always tell the story, not all your friends who like making cupcakes should quit their day jobs and open a cupcake bakery shop. For sure. But there was something about that that in my case made sense and I just went head first into it and made it happen. Wow. That is, and now to declare, so today your, your money is made from the gelato store, or do you, are you also doing anything online, or that's, the, that's, how people, that's how you get paid. People have to go into the store and buy a cup or a scoop or whatever of gelato, and I think you have wholesale. Is that correct with yes. the businesses today? Yes. So I have two stores. I have two okay. retail stores. My original retail store in downtown L.A. has a production kitchen attached to it. So it's fully, fully licensed, accredited. Um, frozen dessert production kitchen um, where we make everything from scratch, gelato and wow. sorbet, which is just an Italian way, an Italian craft of making frozen dessert or ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, we, make, we scoop it. We sell it in scoops. We sell it in pints. We make gelato cakes that are these just incredible cakes. Um, we make gelato pies around Thanksgiving and Christmas. We make Yule logs for Christmas. 
we do all kinds of things. We also serve fine coffee. So one of, my, one of the best things that we have on the menu is an affogato, which is two shots of espresso poured over a scoop or two of gelato. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. And then and tell we me, so, as well. Uli, how much of this was, um, you know, did you have any particular challenges in starting the business, or was it pretty much a, a, a nice, you know, an organic business? You started in your home making it, and then you, I'm assuming you got some space, put up a sign, and traffic started coming. Uh, was it that journey? Was it something different? And then tell us about any challenges you had. And if there are no challenges, it's fine. Just curious to know a little bit more now about the retail journey from where you are today. Um, there were many challenges, and whoever tells you that there weren't any, they're either, <laughs> they either have selective memory or they just, I don't know, they won a lottery ticket or something. There were plenty of challenges. I had no experience in the food services industry before. I wow. had never worked in a commercial kitchen. So here I am opening a, not just like a gelato shop, but a commercial level from scratch using our own ingredients, uh, gelato production facility, and um, I was very good at researching and very good at doing my homework, but there's not that much research information. It's not like you can Google, oh, a step-by-step guide to opening your own gelato production facility. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Don't we wish business was that easy? Right, right. Right? So when I first opened my production facility, all of, let's say, 90% of the equipment that I had wasn't proper equipment. Some right. of the capacity was too small or too big. It was just this. It, I did the best I could, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I tried my best. Sometimes I just couldn't afford bigger, better machines. And I had approximately what I needed, but it was just the whole kitchen setup was um, incorrect. So right. When we first opened, it was actually quite slow. And for me, it was a blessing in disguise because that gave me the, the opportunity to pull some magical tricks. And mm-hmm, within, mm-hmm. from anywhere from six months to a year, completely change my kitchen layout. I had to sell some equipment on Craigslist. I had to trade it in for new equipment. I mean, come up wow. with the money, the loans. Uh, trade-in offers, the free gelato parties. And now, um, uh, Uli, were you working? At, were you working full time, or have any other income at this at this time, or were you living off of you know whatever you had saved or made from your former employer? How was what was your financial status like at this time of the journey? Um, I had quit my job. Um, okay, okay, you were all in then. Okay, my savings. I was all in, and okay. I was on a very steady diet of rice and beans and gelato <laughs> and coffee. And broken waffle cones. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. And then, and you know, Damon John, he has his book, The Power of Broke, you know, one of the sharks. And he kind of says that's the advantage sometimes of, of having less because when we have less, you know, like you said, you weren't floating in money when you were starting out, but it forced you to be very creative. So I think it, it, it's, he's right, you know, and, and others of it. Same with me. I've done events before, didn't have a lot of money, but it forces you to market without a lot of money as a suppose if I would have had too much money, I probably would have wasted it. So. Exactly. And, you know, my, money takes on a whole new meaning. Now when I think of something, I'm like, okay, how many scoops do I have to sell to afford that? And I love that mm. because it makes me think twice before I make an investment. Making money in the food services industry is not easy. The margins are not great or low. Right. It, it, it's, it's a labor of love. You have to be passionate. You have to love what you do. What you do. 
you know, I could have very well continued in my finance trajectory and had steady income every two weeks and, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of other wonderful things that come from a steady career. But I gave that up and I decided to go all in and I'm doing what I love and I have wonderful challenges. The so-called change that I strive on, well, I have something changing every single day. So right. I'm perfectly happy and satisfied from that regard. Yeah, it was Got it. I love this. And what, what's your advice, Willie? You started a second location. I'd be curious what was the, the journey there. Again, the questions I ask are to know your story, but so the businesses listening can help as well, um, can learn from you as well. How did you make that decision? What's your advice to others? Meaning you have one location. I assume the numbers are kind of working well. It's profitable. I'm, I'm assuming anything I'm, not, I'm wrong about, feel free to tell me. What made you say and decide, you know what, location two? What can we learn from you from that decision? Or do you regret it? Maybe you're going to close it tomorrow. I don't know. No, I don't regret it. I signed a 10-year <laughs> lease, so I'm going to be there for okay. um, well, the remain, at least the remaining nine years of my 10-year right. lease. But um, what it basically come down, came down to was a finance decision with scale. Uh, mm. Speaking of the equipment in my kitchen, I currently have a beautiful production facility that it's kind of like having a, a puppy that has big ears and the puppy needs mm. to grow into its ears. I'm growing into my ears. I have this wonderful production facility that can take on three gelato shops. I have the one that's attached to it and the second one that I open, and who knows, maybe mm-hmm. there'll be a third one. I'm not mentally ready for it yet, but I have the capacity. And it became a matter of scale. To be profitable, to continue to be successful, I need to make more, and I need to supply two stores instead of one. I also need to take my product physically to a new clientele. Los Angeles is an interesting city. It's very much centered around a car culture, although we're trying to change it by investing into our public transportation. But you could be uh, the most known gelato shop in downtown L.A., and I have been. I'm, I've been voted three years in a row, the three years that I've been open. Wow, years, congratulations. I've been the best gelato shop in downtown L.A. Thank you. But somebody on the west side will not know that I exist. So this is, this is the part where I have to physically get up and physically take my product to a different neighborhood because some people in a different neighborhood will not get up and come to downtown and deal right. with, you know, parking and traffic and all that that comes with just living in L.A. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I went to a wonderful neighborhood. I'm in love with it. It's very different, but it's wonderful in its own way. And I opened there, and the truth is, oh, 90% of the customers that have walked in my door, they might have heard of me, but they've never been to my store in downtown L.A. So I'm right. now servicing a completely new set of clients. Interesting, interesting. And I want to get into uh, AT&T, has you, part of the AT&T contest you're in and how te- their technology has helped you. Before I get there, two other things I want to touch on are staffing and marketing. You can address whichever one you want first. I'm curious, A, what is your advice, your tips? What have you gone through in how you're hiring people, which is a low-wage business, I'm assuming. So how do you, you know, all those yeah. things, keep, uh, keep excitement, how do you hire, what's your advice? And then two, let's talk about marketing, meaning it sounds cute. I'm a marketer, CRM, and get the you know, email addresses of your customers and texting. I'm curious, do you do all that or not? So what do you want to talk about first, HR and I hiring? I do. Yes. <laughs> okay, so, go ahead. Um, here's, the, here's the lesson that I've learned, and I actually learned this lesson in the finance world. As I was progressing in my career, I realized that, yes, we all think we can do something better than anybody else. So naturally, we don't want to delegate. We, we want to hoard all of our tasks. 
And what happens is you're stressing, you're losing your mind, you're not sleeping, you're not eating, you're a mess, and then you physically break down, right? We've all had that. Same in any business, including gelato business. When I first, did out, first started out and I was small and I was one shop, I could make the product, I could scoop it, I could count the till, I could do my bookkeeping, enter in my receipts, do my taxes. I, I could manage it. But there's an right. expiration date to anything. And I, as I learned that, as I was growing and my revenue was growing, the best thing I could do, not even for me, it's not even selfish, for my business was to delegate. So mm. one of many advices, but it's maybe in top five, is as soon as you can afford to, find somebody who can do one aspect of many jobs that you do better than you, key, right. better than you, and delegate it to that person. And well, that's what I've been doing. I have two wonderful people in the kitchen making the product. I taught them. They're my disciples. They make it better than I do, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm actually proud of it. I nice. have people in the front scooping, and they scoop, and their customer service, okay, maybe not better than <coughs> them, but pretty darn close, pretty excellent. Right. I'm still a pretty master scooper. I can sell anything. <laughs> well, you know, people will sense the passion in my voice, and I I, can, I have that passion. It's my product. Um, right. You know, things like that. So I have very recently, after three and a half years, I gave up my bookkeeping. You know, my accountant had to rip the receipts out of my hands, but I gave it mm. up because I knew it was the right thing to do for my business. Right. And same with marketing. I tried. It's, you know, it's not just a full-time job. It's several full-time jobs. I finally found people that I'm excited to work with, and I gave it up. It was also a hard decision, but it's, it's, it's the best decision, and it's not just about me. It's my for my customers, for my employees. I have to focus on the number one most expensive thing, the most important thing, which is the product. Right. When I am not doing well, the product doesn't do well. I have to keep the quality of the business, the operations running smoothly so that the product remains the best product that I can possibly put out into the world. Mm. No, and you're right. I mean, that's, that's so important to keep them on. So that's, that's the hiring, and that's the employees, and I think you're right, scaling it. Now, what about the marketing side? Like when people come in, and if you address this, I apologize. When people come in, do you ask for an email address, ask for a texting, anything like that? Have you implemented it to date? Um, so I relied heavily on our point-of-sale system okay. that would collect emails as a way to right. send receipts. And... Um, there was a screen where people would opt in or opt out of marketing emails. And um, I'm a believer that um, the number when you first start out, your biggest, biggest marketing tool is um, the least money you can spend on it, which is word of mouth and social right. media. And I leverage those two. Um, maybe it's just a function of Los Angeles. Los Angeles is very much a foodie type of place. It's becoming um, maybe at some point in, in the near future will overtake New York as a food capital of the United States. There's a lot of soul and innovation and beautiful things happening in Los Angeles right now. And I think mm -hmm. it's coming from people like me who are just innovating and not afraid to take risks as opposed to big institutions that have been making the same thing over and over for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Right. So there's a lot of that energy. But word of mouth is a powerful tool in L.A., you have yeah. to have somebody telling a friend. You know, one of the biggest compliments I have is somebody stopping on the street and telling them, you have to go check out this gelateria. 
You have to oh, do that. Nice. If somebody comes into the store and said, we were walking down the street and there's this random customer of yours basically made us come in here. I mean, you can't beat that. Right, right, for sure. No, that, that, you're right, you're right. So that is, as of now, the more focus is word of mouth as opposed to fancy email marketing campaigns or texting campaigns, correct or no? Well, everything has its life cycle. You know, you start out with the word of mouth, you get the attention, and then it's about scale. And mm. the word of mouth is there, but it cannot always reach the scale that you need. You need to supplement it with marketing tools, social media, Instagram posts, Facebook posts, emails, I mean everything. You just have to Which do you, it in your own classy way. Right. Which you're doing. That's what you guys do do that as of now. Yes. Got it, got it, awesome. And then let's talk about technology. I know that, that you won a contest. Uh, congratulations that AT&T has for their part of Business Circle. And, um, and I think you're using some of their technology, of course. They're uh, a, a wireless carrier and landline. Talk about that a bit, you know, kind of how the contest was, what you got out of it, and, um, and you know, about the services you're using with AT&T. So we were one of seven finalists in this lovely Business Circle contest that mm-hmm. allowed us to put up a video of our story, our business, and reach a wider audience. And um, I always say this, um, I don't know how people did it in the past because I am able now to run two businesses, and I am the manager. I have an assistant manager, but I am still the managing director, so to speak, of all my operations. And I can only do this thanks to technology, thanks to the mobility that the technology provides whether it's a group text message or incredible apps that I use for scheduling, for payroll, for um, to-do list sharing. I have an app where my uh, production manager, front of the house assistant manager, um, my shift leaders, we share to-do lists. So instead Mm -hmm. of us texting each other and things getting lost in communication, we all have a centralized list where we can add things, cross them off, set reminders, due dates, all of that stuff. Um, right. Scheduling is one of the most difficult things that I've done just because it can be very complex. And last thing you want to do is not schedule somebody or schedule them for incorrect time. There are wonderful solutions out there that allow me to do it in efficient, visual, just – if you can right. simplify it, you can. And there are several ways of doing it. You use technology or you hire people. And that just kind of goes back to delegating. Right, right. No, absolutely. And I think technology for sure is very powerful for sure. Uh, but Uli, this has been great. Anything else you want to share with us that we can learn from your journey? I mean, again, I think I've learned so much. Again, we're talking to Uli uh, Nasibova, who has uh, Gelateria Uli, which is G-E-L-A-T-E-R-I-A. So if you're in Los Angeles, definitely stop by her shop, and she'll be expanding across the world in the coming Years, <laughs> but Uli, anything else you wanted to share with us about your journey? Any lessons learned that I didn't particularly touch on or ask you about today? Just staying positive and not letting any challenges get you down. There will be ups and downs, obviously, but the most important thing is to stay positive and to not forget the vision that you had in those first magical days of setting up the business getting excited about first purchases, first coat of paint going up. All of these moments are so magical, and you've you got to carry that magic with you throughout. 
Absolutely. I love it. And I think your story is so, it, you remind me of myself, I'm more of a knee-jerk, just do it person, like my friend Seth Godin says, just launch. You know, you have to have some thought and strategy, but some people just wait all day long and it never launches, they never do it. So kudos to you for doing yeah. that. But this has been great, Uli. And again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this we've been talking to uh, Uli Nasibova, and her company is Gelateria Uli, uh, which is a gelato company in Los Angeles, two locations. You can look her up. And my name is Ramon Ray. This is the Smart Hustle Report on Small Business Trends. Thank you, Ramon.